Hey kid, what the heck is going on? My face is melting. <laughs>said duo that explores the latest blockbusters classic genre films and the shockiest of golden age vhs rental store flicks in spoiler heavy fashion yeah show enough it's been a while mm-hmm. we did that drive time that landed in the middle of october yeah kind of squealed up our schedule a little bit mm-hmm. and now we're recording this on the last possible day <laughs> so <sighs> that's okay we were busy we actually were busy posing transformers the other day mm-hmm. and we ran out of time yeah because scheduling conflicts galore but we're finally here we're doing it it's my birthday month of november it's barely just barely <laughs> but we did watch one of my favorite recent flicks mandy this is the first time viewing for brennan yes. clearly not me yeah i probably watch this at least twice a year since it came out on video the first time i watched it i was like i need to have brennan watch this movie yeah thankfully you did too yes it took a little while i mean part of it was is that there's just a couple bits in here and they're they're pretty minor but i was like eh, i don't know if i should really let like a 15 year old watch this i don't know it felt just kind of uncomfortable and now now that you're 18 i just don't care You've had me watch debatably crazier things at younger ages, though. That's true. But I suppose, I guess, the, um, we'll get into it, the heavy use of, like, drugs and stuff. Oh, that wasn't so much it. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's just the, the TV in the background in the one scene that has, oh. like, the weird porno clip on a loop. That isn't terrible. I know, and it's not even, like, that noticeable either. No. But- that was the big hang-up, I guess. That's when your mom would have walked into the room. Yeah, Lord knows. It's never a good time. Never. Never a good time. She was not around when we watched this, so... Yeah. We were in the clear. It felt very comfortable watching it, too. <sighs> I will say that. But, yeah, uh, let's get to the IMDb info, because IMDb. You are? I am. According to IMDb, Mandy is described as... The enchanted lives of a couple in a secluded forest are brutally shattered by a nightmarish hippie cult and their demon biker henchmen, propelling a man into a spiraling, surreal rampage of vengeance. That's pretty fair. Yeah. The director is Panos Cosmatos, who is also the director of Beyond the Black Rainbow, another very surreal, bizarre adventure. I saw that before this, and after watching that, and I heard that he was coming out with another one, I said, I must watch. <laughs> Especially knowing 
Nicolas Cage is going to be in it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what is he going to do with Nicolas Cage? Yeah. Yeah, so Panos' father is actually a well-known director, George P. Cosmatos. And he did, like, um, let's see here, Rainbow First Blood Part 2. Never seen it. Cobra. Never seen it. Leviathan. Never seen it. Tombstone. Never seen it. <laughs> Given the very director-heavy nature of Panos' films, it doesn't seem that, like, I mean, knowing he has a director father. Yeah. It's kind of like he would have he would have grown up yeah. on that kind of stuff. And I think, uh, was his mom an artist? I don't recall off the top of my head. But yeah. But he was raised in an environment suited yeah. very well for this. <clears throat> and he also really struggled with like the passing of his father, and I believe his mother as well. And uh, he had a lot of hard times and really did a lot of uh, drug abuse and stuff like that. Mm. So probably where he gets a lot of his influence from i can see that now yeah yeah and i guess these are also his way of like working through his own grief mm. where he can express it in crazy forms oh very crazy yeah delightfully so mandy stars nicholas cage andrea riseborough linus roach ned dennehy uh we're gonna throw in a Richard Brake, and of course, special appearance by Bill Duke. But we'll get to him. Ooh, we also have a trailer. It's kind of noisy, but it's still pretty cool. You ready to listen to that trailer, Brennan? Definitely. Let's go!
Wow. That trailer sure was noisy. Sure was. It was also so exciting. My nipples got so hard, my shirt just shredded and fell off my body. It was kind of scary. It was. And it's also really gross. Yeah. All right, since it's my month, I'll go through this rundown. And uh, this is kind of nice. Good (laughs) luck. No, it's... It's It's actually pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple, actually. I mean, for a movie that's two hours and one minute. It could be one hour. It could easily be one hour. If it lost all of its artistic touch. That's right. Yeah. And I know there's people who would probably say, I would rather just watch it in one hour. I would not. I could probably use an extra 15 minutes. (sighs) But that's just me. Um, No, this is nice because it is broken down into three chapters, which get their own title card, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. They're all different, too. Yeah. The first one doesn't come up right away, but it is the Shadow Mountains, and it says 1983 AD. I like how it throws in AD, too. Yes. Like, that's needed information. Yes. We get introduced to Red, played by Nicolas Cage and Mandy, and it's... This whole first chapter is just establishing them with not a whole lot of dialogue explaining, like, this is what I do. This is who I am. It's just a lot of it is shown. Yeah. Like, we know Rudd's a lumberjack. Um, We see him turn down a beer. Mm -hmm. So he clearly doesn't like alcohol and most likely drugs for that reason. Yes. Like, you can kind of, like, the movie helps it out later, but you Definitely get the take that he might be a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. Um, Mandy, super into fantasy, sci-fi novels, and art. Super cool art, too. Really cool art. Yeah. They're just this happy couple. Very. They're such a cool... They're so cool. Yeah. And you can tell that they're just super into each other. Mm -hmm. And it feels very pure. It does. Yeah. They do a really good job setting up this relationship as being like really awesome and them clearly caring a lot for each other. Yeah. And Mandy has a scar under her left eye, a pretty burly one too. Mm -hmm. And she also tells a story about her dad killing starlings with the neighborhood kids and how it was traumatizing for her. And I feel like there's a lot of trauma between these two Mm -hmm. personal, like they, they're just damaged people who have found each other. Yeah. And Mandy has a dream about a dead fawn out in the woods. And man, this, there's a lot of symbolism and stuff in this movie that mm-hmm. I can recognize, but I'm not like, I've never really won sometimes to go, oh, what does this really mean? And you start piecing it together. Yeah. Like I kind of just get it and I just move on. Mm-hmm. I like the narrative. Yeah. There's also hints too, like when they're laying in bed together. And she's asking him about what his favorite planet is. And they have that discussion with their favorite planets. And there's just like this projection on mostly her mm-hmm. and kind of him and of like this weird purpley moving light, which is almost like their aura of their love. That's what I got out of it. I anyway. can see that, like yeah. it's just the warmth and it's just a like look at them together. Mm-hmm. I mean this movie is extremely purple. Yeah blue and red yeah but it does have like some very stark grounded just plain Mm -hmm. no filters no gradations yeah i also enjoy when they throw in colors outside the palette like green that really like throws everything off and really makes you wake up for a second 
Yeah, there's yeah they did use a lot of use of color in this movie. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I mean, I don't know, like visually. Yeah, I think this is a really cool movie. Mm-hmm. Just for that alone, it's worth a watch. So this chapter ends with Mandy walking down the road. Like it, it's like her reading a book, and then it like it gets kind of distorted, and then it it's her walking down the road, and it has like this weird just red filter on it. And that's where she gets passed by the van with what we learn is a cult. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, one of the, the guy in the passenger seat kind of, he looks all doped up and he kind of looks up and notices her and they make, they make eye contact. And then we go into our next chapter, which is Children of the New Dawn, which is the cult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh man, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot going on with them but this is actually like a very good representation of cult mentality and cult leadership like he nails it mm-hmm. he really gets all of that down and uh they're so they're led by jeremiah swan that's the guy who noticed mandy yeah so he's obsessing about mandy talking to this older woman who's her name is mother marlene like, he just totally freaks out on her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, like, kind of unsettling. The way he behaves is just off. And then he ends up calling in his right-hand man, Brother Swan, and tells him he has to get that girl. He's like, I have to have her. He hands Brother Swan the horn of Abraxas. And this is one of those scenes where you're talking about where the color changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's green. like this, like, strobing green on the... On the horn. Yeah, which looks like a piece of volcanic rock. Yeah. And then he says, like, okay, well, you're going to have to use this, but we're also going to have to give up a blood sacrifice. Yeah. So you're like, well, let's just give him the dumb fat kid. (laughs) And that kid looks like the kid from Bad Santa. I don't know if you've ever watched that. Mm Mm-mm. He does. It's not the kid from Bad Santa, but he looks like the kid from Bad Santa. Yeah, so Brother Swan takes that kid and the Goonie Mullet kid out to the woods. I hate Goonie Mullet kid. Oh, God. He looks like a kid I went to school with, and I think every school had a kid that looked like that back in my day. And now, too. (laughs) Yeah, I guess mullets are making a comeback. (sighs) Hey, dongles, I know you might think it might be funny and ironic. Don't get a mullet. Just don't. You'll look back on it like five years later, and you'll be like, wow. Yeah. It just wasn't funny. We're all just going to make fun of you. Yeah. Not that I support bullying. But, yeah. <laughs> but man, if you put on a mullet, you're just asking for it. Anyway, they go out. They blow the horn of Abraxas. It sounds super weird. Mm-hmm. And just echoes throughout the woods. And then they have to wait. And that's where the mullet kid's like just playing with the window, moving it up and down in this van. If you haven't noticed it before this... They're clearly messed up on something. All the time. Yes. So it's like very obvious at that point. Like nobody just putzes with a yeah. car window like that. After a little bit, then come in the Black Skulls, who they called with the Horn of Abraxas. And these guys are just like straight up centipedes on four-wheelers and motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that it's very hellraiser and they're like super bizarre. Like that is so weird. Like just clad in like leather. You never really get a good look at them because it's everything's so dark. One guy's just covered in railroad spikes. 
big old nails just everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're all wrapped up and oh, they're just weird. They're fun and creepy. They don't speak English. They do, but it's very hard to understand them. Yeah. It's very just gurgly. Kind of like that. That's actually pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, in exchange for their help to get Mandy, they also get like this jar of goo. (laughs) And the, the head of the Black Skulls just drinks it. And it's just like dripping down. It's like, what is going on here? More on that later, but yeah. it's LSD. Yeah. This is a big batch of crazy LSD. He just chugs it. Uh-huh. And it's just dripping down. They all go out to Red and Mandy's place while they're sleeping and creep in in the middle of the night. And this is like super weird too, because there's like weird blue strobe going on. Mm-hmm. And it's making like this weird like electricity sound like every time it goes noise. off. Yeah, this yeah. is crackling. Pretty creepy. Just home invasion of them just walking in. Mm-hmm. And they throw Mandy and Red on the floor, stomp on Red's head and knock him out. And then they get their blood for blood as the deal was. And then you just see that, that fat kid at the window. And out of the fog behind him, one of the black skulls just grabs him and pulls him back. Yeah. And it's just silent. And I've, I've just loved the way that, I love that visual. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. Like, what, you just, whatever happens. <laughs> you know it's not good. Yeah. So then, Black Skulls leave, and then it's the Children of the New Dawn just hanging out with Mandy, and uh, the one older woman and Sister Lucy, who's, like, young, are in the kitchen with Mandy, and then they drop liquid LSD into her eyeball, and then pull out this really just giant black hornet, <sighs> That stings her in the neck. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going going on? Yeah, it's like all wet in a jar. Yeah. Super weird. Man, the LSD in the eye, I'm sure that's more than enough. Yeah. So they just get her. Oh, maybe they had the hornet just soaking in LSD. Oh, man. And then when they took it out, when it like stung her, just put more into her, but also with like the pain and whatever's in the venom. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah, super weird. (laughs) (laughs) and then it's everybody hanging out in their living room and jeremiah sand introduces himself with his weird shoulder pad robe yeah (laughs) and he busts out this album and that he puts on and it's his album Mm -hmm. that he made and it's super cheesy hippie psychedelic rock all about him like i don't know if you heard the lyrics or anything no not really talking about how jeremiah was a righteous man and and all this stuff so he's he's trying to like really woo mandy at this point and this part is super messed up Mm -hmm. psychedelic looking there's lots of trails following like all the movements yeah and everything's just kind of slowed down and the audio is distorted does he like pulls back the robe and he's just naked, yeah. just standing in front of her, talking about himself, like, touching himself. And, yeah, you like this album? <laughs> yeah, this is my album. And <laughs> One of my favorite parts in this scene is uh, it'll be, like, a close-up of Jeremiah's face. But then it'll just slowly start morphing into Mandy's face. Like, the images are, like, overlapped. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. That and, was really cool. And it would just kind of fade in, and you could tell, oh, that's Mandy's face, and then it would just fade back out. But it was so subtle, you didn't really quite catch it at you first. You didn't catch it at and first, no. It would just be like the mouth, because her mouth was closed, mm-hmm. and he was talking the whole time. Yeah. And he's just getting into all his weird culty stuff. And then she's like, so you made this album? Like, you made this song? And he's like, yes. And then she just starts laughing at him, and he gets mad. And he, like, I don't know if you noticed, but he tries rubbing one off. Yeah. <laughs> because he's, and he's all mad at her. Yeah. And he's just like, ah! And he can't handle that rejection. Mm-hmm. Because he explained about, like, how he was wronged by the, by the music world because he didn't get famous. So he decided that uh, he was going to just commune with God. And God told him to just, hey, just take whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Sure. He wanted that adoration and found a way to get it. It's very Manson-like. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Because Charles Manson was very much into, I'm going to take these teenagers, I'm going to get them really wigged out on drugs, and just manipulate them to do my bidding. And that works for any cult, really. Yeah. And Charles Manson... Also a failed musician. Mm-hmm. So I like the parallels there, but also just cults in general. Like, hey, yeah, you know, I got it going on. I talk to God. God tells me all the good stuff. You want to just follow me? Yeah, so he can't handle that rejection. He's used to just everybody following his orders blindly and just being completely devoted to him. And he ends up like going to this mirror in their house talking to himself like asking for the answer over and over again like what should i do mm-hmm. and this is where this is one moment where the color is gone yeah and it's just him freaking out in front of this mirror and it comes off very crazy yeah yeah it definitely helps that they cut the colors back kind of yes. gives you that grounded look at everything mm-hmm. so you can just really understand like this dude is not playing with a full deck mm-hmm Drugs or not. Yeah. So then we go to the outside where Red has been like tied up and gagged with barbed wire. And Jeremiah comes out there with uh, Sister Lucy Mm -hmm. and talks about how awesome he is and decides to show him how devoted his cult members are to him. Yeah. And how much love they give him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to show you what love really is. And he make sister lucy play russian roulette and i like this part because red's like no he's trying to say no and he's yeah like like don't do it uh-huh and that just shows like he's compassionate he is yeah he this person he's ever known and is part of this crazy cult that has him tied up yes he still doesn't want her to potentially shoot herself in the face yeah, yeah. and i i feel like that, i mean obviously that's important even later in the movie mm-hmm. but you know the gun doesn't go off she doesn't kill herself and then uh brother swan ends up bringing <laughs> the tainted blade of the pale knight straight from the abyssal layer yeah and this is another item that gets shown in the green mm-hmm. strobe light and it's just this weird dagger and it looks super cool. <laughs> it looks really cool. It looks like something straight out of D and D. Which kind of looked up both of these items, and man, you can go down a rabbit hole of 
where Abraxas comes from. Oh God, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a whole lot of stuff. There's a I, there's somebody who made a whole article related to it because of this movie, <sighs> and ugh, I'm you can't even start to get into it. No, <laughs> Don goes go look it up. It's pretty easy to find. <laughs> But even this, like, all this came up was um, some relation to, like, D&D. Oh, that's cool. So, and that's just a possible thing. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I just love that name, though. (laughs) Yeah. So Red gets stabbed in the side like that, almost like a Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Jeremiah's talking about, like, how Jesus had it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Because he didn't offer someone to uh, be sacrificed in his place. I was like, oh, yeah, this dude is off his rocker. Yeah. Thinking he's even better than Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then here comes, like, the uncomfortable part where they bring Mandy out in a sleeping bag and hang her up and set her on fire. It's rough. It is. We we kind of had a little, like, chat during this point in the movie because, man, that's just hard. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't skeezier than it it is Mm -hmm. because it's, it's hard, but, like, being in the sleeping bag, like you don't, you don't have to see watch. her. Yeah. Yes. And I feel like that would have been really hard. Mm-hmm. And it's hard enough to watch. Yeah. And probably one of the most, for me anyway, it's really uncomfortable because you know how much they love each other. They did such a good job setting up. That's really why it is uncomfortable, which is great, which mm-hmm. is amazing filmmaking. Yes. Nicolas Cage does a really good job of expressing that just yeah. heartbreak. Yeah. Throughout this entire movie, really. Yeah. Any any time after Mandy's just turned to ash, the cult leaves and then Red frees himself. And that's a hard watch too. Yeah. <laughs> it just does not look comfortable to no. free yourself from being tied up with barbed wire. And then he goes over to the ashes and picks up her skull and it just kinda like disintegrates. Mm-hmm. And he goes inside. You can tell he's just stunned. Yeah. He doesn't know what's going on. He's in shock. Yes. Yeah. Which, shout out to Nicolas Cage's acting. Throughout this entire movie, for sure. But I think in this scene, his full range kind of shines. Yeah. And he comes in the house, and he's just stunned. And it cuts to the TV. (laughs) It takes you right out of it, in a good way. Yeah. Like, I feel like you needed, like, some type of levity at this point. Uh Uh-huh. Because there's not a lot of it in this movie. And that's where you get the famous Cheddar Goblin commercial. <laughs> with It's just a goblin puppet puking up macaroni and cheese on kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, they actually sold that stuff. That's so crazy. That, that was a thing. Yeah, they yeah. just recently stopped and they're like, better stock up because it's almost gone. I was like, mm, do I buy a case of it? And I was no. like, no, probably not good. Yeah. And I'm not like the biggest fan of boxed macaroni and cheese, but I'm sure the more generic it gets, <laughs> it's not as good. You got to get the name brand. Yep. Yeah. And clearly Cheddar Goblin is something that really took off with the fans of this movie because <laughs> it's very memorable. Mm, yeah. Yeah. If you don't watch this movie or you haven't seen it or have no interest in seeing it, even though you should at, at least look up the Cheddar Goblin. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's weird. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> then Red has this animated nightmare, his first dream sequence, nightmare sequence of just an undead Mandy. And I like this because it's very reminiscent of like the heavy metal movie. 
I know you haven't seen. Mm-mm. Yeah, he ends up waking up, still grieving, and he decides to uh, deal with his grief and let it all out. And he goes off the wagon by pulling out a bottle of vodka in the bathroom, screaming, crying, mm-hmm. and the whole time drinking half of this massive bottle. That's a lot of vodka. I'm pretty sure that was real vodka, and they just let him go ham. Method acting. He'd do it. I bet you he did. Yeah. But he's like, nope, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Man, he really cuts loose in this. He does. Yeah. This is another thing. People just look that up, even. Yeah. It is amazing. It is such a good scene. Yeah. I guess this is a good time to just Nicolas Cage in general. Yeah. What a career this man has had. I'm so happy to see where he is now. Yes. Because he's just in all these weird, kind of low-budget horror movies, and he's just living it up. Yeah, and I feel that people finally know what to do with him properly. Yeah. Because, I'll say this, I feel like the real low points for him were those Ghost Rider movies. Oh, God, yeah. Where they were really just trying to... Like, does he deserve... To be, like, in movies and be a leading man in them? Sure. But he needs to be in the right ones. And that's not a good place for him. Because in in some respects, he's not good at just normal stuff. He's better off in fringe things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, the National Treasure movies are okay. They're all right. He does a fine job in those. Yeah, it's very serviceable. I mean, Color Out of Space, we did that one. Mm-hmm. He's good in that. Super good in that. Doesn't really get as nuts as you think he would. Yeah. He's kind of reserved in that one. There's a new one that just came out. The name of it escapes me. It's like Prisoners of Ghostland or something. Man, I see everybody's talking about that one, so we might have to check that out. (laughs) Even just for funsies. Yeah. Because that one's pretty bonkers. I guess like Willy's Wonderland, he doesn't really even talk in that. That's the one that's kind of like Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm, Yeah. Because... Everybody else is just making those movies. Because that movie's never getting made. <laughs> Which is really disappointing because that is like prime material to make a good horror movie out of, but whatever. Yeah. It has potential. It has five games that are all mostly good. Yeah, and the general public is going to go, well, we've already seen this before. <laughs> yeah. We like Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. I've liked him since Raising Arizona. Oh, he's great in Raising Arizona. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's such a fun movie. (laughs) And that mullet and Con Air. Never seen Con Air. You've never seen Con Air. I've never seen Con Air. (laughs) But you know what I'm talking about, though. You've seen that picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll just just move on. Um, Now that he's had some rest and his freak out, he can focus. And he goes to see his friend Carruthers in this trailer. Carruthers is played by Bill Duke. Did you recognize him? No. From Predator? Okay, now I recognize him. (laughs) So, this is 1983 when this movie takes place. And I'm just going to say this. Mandy and Predator are in the same universe. And this is just what... This is just what he's doing before Predator. He's hiding out in the woods. Got some weapons stocked up. He's clearly ex-military. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what special agent for, like, the CIA or whatever dark operations they're doing in Predator. Mm-hmm. Seems like what he'd be doing in his free time. Yeah. Okay. I see that. 
Yeah. yeah. But Red goes there. Oh, I can't remember what he calls the, the crossbow. It definitely has a name. It has a cool name, yeah. Yeah. But he gets the crossbow, and he gets, like, a couple special arrows from Carruthers that Carruthers says will, like, cut right through bone. Like a, didn't you say, like, a fat kid through cake? <laughs> yeah, that was his analogy for it. Yeah. And uh, he just says that he's going hunting, and mm. he never really tells Carruthers. Well, no, he does. He does. He does tell Carruthers, like, that they burned her, and... That they're Jesus and, freaks. Yeah, a hippie cult. Mm-hmm. Just crazy evil. And then uh, he he brings up the bikers, and Carruthers knows some stuff about them, because he's heard some stories. It's almost like a campfire tale from before. It kind of is, yeah. And I'm just going to pull this clip and play it what Carruthers has to say, because Lord knows I can't do it as good. Look at me. For a while now, word's been coming down from the big rig, something dark and fearsome out there. No one knows where they come from. First, it was stories from the interstate, leaving truckers for dead, prostitutes vanishing, and gutted bodies on doorsteps, and always the same. Biker gang, black bikes, only seen at night. Weird shit. There's stories that there was a chapter that ran courier for a manufacturer of LSD. It took a disliking to them and cooked them up a special batch. And they have never been right in the head since. I've seen them once from a distance. What you're hunting is rabid animals, and you should go in knowing that your odds ain't that good, and you will probably die. Don't be negative. Last I heard on the CB, they were spotted down near Spirit River. When I seen them things, they were in a world of pain. But you know what the freakiest part was? What's that? They fucking loved it. Wow. What a crazy clip we listened to. <laughs> it does add to the mystique of the Black Skulls, though. It does, yeah. Very spooky. Uh-huh. And also find out that, you know, that special batch of LSD they were given by somebody and it just messed them up mm-hmm. so bad that they're just crazy now. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good info dump. And then we get a little montage scene where Red makes the beast, which is just this custom axe. And it's just like something right out of a fantasy now. It's so cool. Yes. Yeah, it's wicked. Just the way they like have the lens flare off it and stuff, and you just know, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. Also, like, the metal it's made out of is, like, very shiny. Yeah, it's just, like, chrome. Yeah. <laughs> Chromed out. Yeah. It's super cool. And then we get the third and final chapter of Mandy, which that comes up in the sweet metal font that just grows. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so cool. And Red is now out for his revenge. 
and his and he goes after the black skulls first. Nothing like just getting the tough stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're 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 the biggest threat yes, for sure. They are definitely the biggest threat. And he takes out the first one with um, the guy with the, all the nails in him, mm-hmm. and because they're dr- like riding their bikes through the woods, and he just nails one with with the crossbow, and he just falls off the bike. Then he takes Red takes his truck. And just drives into him, mm-hmm. but hitting him flips the truck. It was crazy. Yeah, you can tell that guy had some mass to him. Yeah. Yeah. He also pulled out the the Black Skull guy, just pulled out a revolver, and was just shooting at Red. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but since Red ended up flipping the truck, one of the Black Skulls comes back, and then he wakes up in some building... No idea what this building is. No, yeah, it's very confusing. It is very weird. Like, I don't know what the heck's going on in this place, but it just adds to just the... The weirdness of the Black Skulls, yeah. And just this movie in general. Yeah, Like, it's some just weird location. And he's handcuffed to a pipe and then has his left hand nailed to the floor. And this is, like, the female one. I'm assuming it's a female anyway. Because it's really hard to tell with these... Well, it does refer to it as a female but yeah this... it was played by a woman so. okay also very wet and gurgly mm-hmm. and yeah that's another case of like where you think that they don't speak english yeah because i still don't i mean i could look it up but i still don't know what she says to him yeah and he just is like i don't want to talk about it yeah and then she cuts him and he gets mad because it's his favorite shirt <laughs> which also like mandy was wearing earlier in the movie too yeah he ends up breaking free because he can like twist that pipe off and ends up knocking that black skull down a shaft. Which That's, was just there. Yeah, yes. I didn't even see that before. Yeah. <laughs> He's free. The worst part about this, it's not even like pulling the nail out of the hand. It's the walking on that metal grate barefoot where I was like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then he like, what does he grab? Like a, Like some type of body armor? Yeah. Because that's just hanging out there or whatever. So he puts that on and he like ends up like walking through this building, which then is kind of like a house. Yep. There's just like a kitchen. He like he passes a room and like there's a couple bodies in there, which one it did not look like anything good happened. And the one that man. Mm-hmm. No. We'll just skip over any of that. You'll see it for yourself if you watch the movie. Yeah. Then there's like this weird gross kitchen area. It's just stuff everywhere. And it's just gross and disgusting. And then there's a black skull sitting on a couch watching a porno flick. That's the one that's on the loop. Mm-hmm. And man, this is quite the fight. It is a really cool fight. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's definitely a struggle. It's grounded in the sense that it isn't like super fast paced. Like they get like hit and they kind of like stagger a bit mm-hmm. and then they go back at it. And then it is crazy. Yeah, and this one, this black skull, definitely has a wiener knife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also uh, had just snorted like a bunch of cocaine. Yep. So they get it into this fight, and it's kind of like not clear. I'm pretty sure he breaks off the knife wiener. I didn't catch it, but I maybe didn't he does. Really, I think that's what happens, and then stabs it in the throat of the black skull and just gets blood all over his face and in his mouth yeah 
It was very, it felt very evil dead. It did. Yeah. No, it's the first thing I thought when I saw that. So a very tired red at this point. Yeah. Gets up, looks at himself in a piece of like broken mirror, decides to snort a bunch of cocaine. A bunch of cocaine. An insane amount of cocaine. Yeah. He's lost his damn mind. Yeah. And we can't blame him. Then he just starts rummaging through the kitchen, finds the crossbow. And also they had the beast on display, like, yeah, up on the, like, this... They're total fans of it. How could you not be? Yeah. The fact that they're even like, well, this deserves a special place yeah. in our hangout. And then he's just kind of, like, going around, and he finds this, the jar of goo, the LSD goo, and he smells it. Why he even opens it up in the first place? It all feels just very, just because yeah. they wanted him to do it. Pretty much. And he just dips his finger ever so slightly into it and dabs it on his tongue and then is instantly transported. <laughs> There's a thing of like his face melting. Uh-huh. There's like all this cosmic stars and everything. And he sees a, he has a vision of a radio tower. That's where he needs to go, which is kind of weird. It is weird. It is weird that he gets a vision like that. But yeah. Movie. Movie. I mean. A weird movie at that. We can't. I, I feel like even as much as I nitpick things sometimes, like, I can't, like, whatever. It's his journey. Yeah. It keeps the story going. Otherwise, like, how else is he going to figure out where to go? But before he ends up leaving, we have the fourth Black Skull just hanging out next to a burning car, and Rudd shoots an arrow right through its neck. Yeah. And it's just standing there, and it just pulls it out the front. Yeah. And blood's just, like, spurting out, and it's gurgling. Then it just seemed unfazed by yeah. it. Yeah, it didn't even move when it was shot. And then Red just goes after it with the beast. And they get into a scuffle, which results in, uh, well, because it, he's the Black Skull's telling Red she burns. Mm-hmm. Or she still burns. Yeah. And that just sets Red off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Red gets that uh, Black Skull to get set on fire with the burning car. Mm-hmm. So we've got a flaming dude. Yep. Love me a good flaming dude, as we all know. And also just decapitates the Black Skull with the Beast, which is super cool. Oh, yeah. Extra bonus. Totally. Decapitation while on fire. Any sort of added thing is very welcome. You can have a flaming dude. You gotta do something fun with the flaming dude. Sometimes you jump out of a prison building and land into a bus, and mm-hmm. that bus explodes. Mm-hmm. That one is crazy. Yeah. That is one of the best flaming dudes. Oh, yeah. Maniac Cop, too. Yep. Mm, chef's kiss. So now that they, all the Black Skulls have been defeated, Red finds, like, a half-smoked cigarette on the ground mm-hmm. and decides to light it off the head, yep. the burning head. Red drives off and finds the radio tower. That's where the chemist is. That's the guy who made the LSD, because he's in there doing that. And he just has a tiger in a cage mm-hmm. hanging out with him. And Red just walks in, does not say a word. During this whole part. Mm-hmm. And the chemist just knows. Yeah. What's happened. And, the, and at one point he's like, yeah, you're right. And he just, what's the tiger go? <laughs> <laughs> Freeze the tiger. And then um, through more of him just staring at Red, he's like, oh man, they wronged you. Tells Red that he has to head north. And man, this guy that plays the chemist, um, he was also, he played... Uh, Joe Chill in Batman Begins. Weird. And also, um, so the guy who plays Jeremiah, 
he played uh, Thomas Wayne. Oh, what? In Batman Begins. There's a lot of like weird movies that these actors like crisscross in. Because if you like start getting into their history, because they, they all have like a lot of gigs. I mean, there's only a couple of them who've maybe been in this. The one kid they sacrifice and Mullikid, he's not in a whole lot. Some of them aren't really in a lot of stuff, but all the Black Skulls are basically either just in this or stuntmen. Mm, yeah. A lot of these character actors are in a lot of stuff and some of it crosses over. Weird. That's so weird. I mean, all good acting in this, really. Phenomenal. I think like everybody does a fantastic job. Yes. This chemist guy was also in uh, Bingo Hell, which just came out. (laughs) Not a good movie, but man, he's so good in it. Mm -hmm. I just like him as an actor. He did a really good job. Yeah. Doesn't have a lot to do in this one, but I've seen him in other stuff and he's always just that gangly, good, evil character actor. Anyway. Yeah, then we get like the tiger just... Out in the wild, roaring. Yeah. Red goes on his descent into hell, basically. As he, like, rides down, like, a crazy tube. Looks And fun. all this stuff, and everything's just, like, red, and, like, it feels like he's going down. Yeah. Deeper. Yeah. Even though they're still just same kind of location, <laughs> still just in the wilderness. After that, four-wheeler kind of gets stuck, I think, at this point. Yeah. And he just ends up getting some rest, and has another dream but instead of being nightmarish this one's a lot better it's just a big tiger man and mandy's just pulls a green orb out of it it's very weird it's very weird yeah (laughs) because when he wakes up it seems a lot more just back to less color to it at that point he's just slept off the drugs yeah he's sobered up for sure yeah so maybe that's what that means it's him being cleansed hmm that's well, that's a good theory. Because all the green things tend to be evil, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to put rhyme reason. <laughs> but he finds their church, and it's down. Weird quarry. Oh, it's like a quarry, yeah. yeah. And it's just this just triangular building down there, and he sees the van drive off. And then that's where we get where he lays down like some spike strips and takes out the van. And it's just uh, Brother Swan and Sister Lucy in the van. And he takes Brother Swan out, and Brother Swan tries talking some crap to yeah, him. Yeah, some hot garbage. Yep. Wrong idea. Cult garbage to him. Yeah. And Red has none of that, and sticks the pointy end of the beast right into his mouth. It was a very cool death. Yes. Yeah. Pins him to the tree, and he's just gurgling up blood everywhere. Uh-huh. Sister Lucy's watching, just has like the single tear come down, mm-hmm. and Red just walks away. Yeah, doesn't do anything to her. Doesn't do anything to her. So she gets off pretty easy. Yeah. He could have easily done it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think he just views her as an innocent who's been manipulated. Totally. Yeah, there's still hope for her to get out and hopefully be somebody. Yeah, hopefully. But yeah, the tear has some significance later, too. Now we get Mullet Kid washing the station wagon. <laughs> and you just get like a cool silhouette. Of the beast flying through the air, yeah. sticking right in his head and just blood gushing all yeah. over the place. So, Mother Kid's out. That one was pretty quick. That one was quick. And then then Red comes up to the church. There's a bunch of logging stuff, and he's like, oh, a chainsaw. chainsaw. So he puts the beast down, picks up the chainsaw, 
try starting it. And then the cult's a big muscle guy. We didn't really talk about him earlier. He's not very prominent. No. He's just kind of always there. Yeah. To be here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this dude's a monster. Yeah, he's big. Oh, my God. He is huge. And so Red busts out that chainsaw, trying to get it started. And then the big cult guy just pulls out one of those big, long logging chainsaws. It's that's like huge. Four feet long or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then very much an homage to <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 or any other movie with a chainsaw fight. This one's going up there. This is actually the only chainsaw fight I think I've seen, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you haven't watched any Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. I haven't, no. Yeah, there's a couple I think you'd dig. Okay. I mean, I don't know if it's something I'd necessarily want to cover on here. Uh-huh. But we can always just check them out sometime. At least the first two, I think, are definitely... That's usually how it goes with horror series. They're completely different in tone. <laughs> Definitely worth watching. Anyway, awesome chainsaw fight here. Red's clearly outmatched. And they both end up being disarmed, I think, right? Uh-huh. And I'm not sure which one. I think it's the big one chainsaw that's still running on the ground. Yeah, it is. And Red just picks up this big burly chain and swings it around his head and wraps it around that dude's neck and just uses all his body weight to pull himself down pulling the big guy on top of the chainsaw where you just get this overhead view of him squiggling yeah, and just blood, blood just so much everywhere. Blood. Yeah. I'm surprised that this movie doesn't go there with some of the gore, like really just kind of showing more, but I do appreciate how it is kind of just him squiggling and blood. Like, do we need to see him cut in half? It would be nice in a revenge sense. Yeah. But also just, I don't know, I guess it isn't always necessary. No, not always. It's welcome. There's still gore to be had. This movie's not light on gore. Yeah. There's plenty of blood. Now with the big guy out of the way, Red enters the church, which looks super cool. I wish it wasn't so churchy because, man, that building looks awesome. The way that they everything is, like all the trusses and just a repetitive pattern going back. Mm-hmm. And it's just lit with red. Of course. Yeah, but it has like the big cross opening on the front and the back. Uh So it's just it's a it's a pretty cool looking building. This movie, just from a visual standpoint, Uh, the altar is I don't know if you notice that is tree. Mm -hmm. So it's just this tree stump behind there. There's a hatch, and Red goes down there, and then he so he's going further down in the into the depths. Yep, and he's going through like. Walking through a metal tunnel, and you know you're going someplace weird. Mm-hmm. And he ends up running into that mother Marlene, who tries tempting him, talking about how she's a very good lover and all this and that. And what are you doing? The way that they it starts to get more and more pathetic, I think. Like yeah. Sometimes where they try to manipulate him. How do you think that if after you've done all this to somebody? That they're just going to be on board with you. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. He's He wants none of that. And then it just it cuts to Jeremiah in, I don't know what he's in. It's more of the weird locations of this movie. Just a concrete tube. Yeah. <laughs> feeling up the walls in his underwear. He's like, stop where you are. And then you just see the Mother Marlene's head get tossed in there. <laughs> <laughs> once he notices what's at his feet he just starts freaking out 
He's like, and like kicks it. And I like how it's just this pulse of light in this room. Yeah. Or just turns on and off. And it'll switch between Jeremiah and Red. Because Red's approaching him. And Jeremiah is just talking about how there's still time for Red to have his redemption. And that he'll be forgiven and all this. And it's like, dude. Again, it's like you were saying earlier. It's just that pleading trying anything mm-hmm. like he, th- he just thinks he can just manipulate anybody yeah and again you can't convince this man no not at all red just grabs him by the head has him kneel before him and he's just holding his head and this is where jeremiah starts showing his true colors uh-huh. and just panics and starts begging for his own life Offers to suck him off, even which is yeah. just so pathetic. It's, it's like so low. It is just the most pathetic. Yeah, but then he just switches and he's just no, screw you. Eh. You are in no position Not at this at all. point. Yeah, and I love how Red just starts squeezing his head, uh-huh. and it's just like that weird, distorted voice, and he's I'm your god now. Yeah, and just pops his head and it's just almost it's very orgasmic like he's just released like oh he did it yeah like that's it got his revenge and then just sets the place on fire and leaves the whole church is burning down and he just hops in that station wagon and drives off into the woods and then as he's driving off he starts having visions of mandy sitting next to him and he's just not all covered in gore or anything and she's just like smiling and it's back and forth. And then he is remembering when they first met, I'm assuming. Yeah. And they're at like a show or something. And he's smoking a cig and he happens to look up and he sees her. And she's just looking at him and has the single tear. Mm-hmm. And then it is just him all bloody and gory, <laughs> like staring at the seat at nothing. Yeah. And I, I like the one part, though, where it's like he's just staring and then it cuts back. And then he's got the big grin on his face. Yeah. He's all happy. Yeah. And then it's just him staring forward. And then it's just headlights. You see headlights in the woods. And it pans up. And everything is just this alien landscape. Yeah. With the two natural satellites above it or planets or whatever. like a it's man. There's so much planet stuff. In this. Yeah. Is he on Jupiter? Is he the is he the big red spot, the storm? Oh. That she mentioned earlier. Oh. Doesn't matter because the movie ends. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the black skulls in this. <laughs> but I I did tell you when we were watching it that I'm pretty sure that the black skulls, only because they kind of reminded me of them, that they got way more screen time than the Knights of Ren. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it had more to do. And they're cooler and stronger. And more personalities. Yeah. Like, for a bunch of, like, you can just have, I don't know, blank slates. Just be terrible things. Make it cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd just like to say that this movie is bonkers. It's also really good. So, I'm a guy that really likes films. And when I say films, I mean, like, films. Um, It hit, like, a sweet spot. Because I love a movie that'll spend five minutes on just a long shot it could be like almost nothing but setting the atmosphere and the mood and i'm also a big fan of just the filmmaking techniques that were used in this movie to 
not use like many words or just rely on simple lines of dialogue to portray such a cool and crazy journey that they all that that red really goes on so that's just my little segment where i'd like to praise this movie a lot excellent i'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it i yeah. really am just because i i just love this yeah and i think a lot of people are harsh on it because something this stylized is not for everybody mm-hmm. and a lot of people say well you know it's putting like style over substance and i i disagree on that yeah i think that anybody could have told this story the same exact story yeah it wouldn't stick with you quite the same way the style is what makes it what it is and is what makes it so good and it isn't so much that it's just style because style implies that it's just an appearance mm-hmm. and there's not anything more to it yeah and i and that's what i mean though like i i still think there is substance to it like it's it works with both yes and i think a lot of people just tend to not like anything this artsy because mm-hmm. it is it is artsy yeah it is it is like by all means just a trashy sleazy just grindhouse movie that was done artistically yeah it's literally. just a gritty revenge flick just but with a lot of heart <laughs> visual pizzazz yeah i mean this could easily be like an 80 minute movie oh yeah easily if not shorter mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like fluff to me like all that like just it's very there's a lot of intent behind everything totally totally yeah and a lot of visual things and yeah for being so in a way drawn out with like it scenes and everything like that it still kept my interest the entire time i was actively watching and interested the entire time which is hard for short movies filled with action these days yeah there's a lot of things that are just mindless and that's okay mm-hmm. everything has its place yeah and this definitely just it's it's up there for me as far as movies i've even seen recently mm-hmm. that just have really knocked my socks off yeah and there i'm glad that there are more movies taking this kind of route now that you can have a, a horror movie or whatever that is more artistic yeah because a long time ago, some of them kind of were, and that had just kind of got lost. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see things like this coming back, and I really like this, and I can't wait to see what this director does next. Totally, yeah. I'd be interested to see anything that he makes next, too. Because I think it's just this and Beyond the Black Rainbow. Huh. Would this convince you to watch that more? More? I heard it's a bit more crazy. It is. It's a lot... <laughs> It's more long shots and just things not ah. happening than this. Mm-hmm. That one you could probably even like, that's maybe 20 minutes of story. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, cool. So if you, how do you say movie, your rating? I'd say this is a film. And clearly you recommend it. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, I wrote down enthusiastic movie, but you're right. This is a film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, change it up a little bit. I, did, I didn't do that. Okay. Addendum. Should have done that for Stalker. Now that I'm thinking about it. Because <laughs> I feel that way about Stalker too. I did that with Stalker. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, oh, you did. Yeah. You might have too. Maybe I did. <laughs> that was like two months ago. Yeah. How are we supposed to That's... remember? <laughs> I don't want to go on another tangent about how much I like this. Um, <laughs> just dongles. If you 
haven't seen it, which I highly doubt for our listener base, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I'm sure that um, even if you're a person who may go, well, uh, it sounds like it's going to be boring and artsy, still check it out at least once. Mm -hmm. It's just two hours of your life. Yeah. That you may not get back, but you know what? You filled it with Mandy. Mm -hmm. And I get why this movie has such a following to it. Oh, yeah. There's so many things online about it merchandise and it's really just has its own that's good class of people who are into this and that makes me happy yeah that's always nice to see uh-huh i would love to do like some red cosplay <laughs> that'd be cool yeah yeah because you can you can buy them shirts his tiger shirt there is. you just gotta get the beast <laughs> that's the coolest part <laughs> i know a guy who made one out of like what i think he carved it that's pretty cool. Yeah. RJ McReady from Bite Size Cinema. Oh, huh. I didn't know he did that sort of thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he just, he's like, just makes his own little props. It's pretty cool. Also, Bite Size Cinema. This is a pretty cool podcast. It's very short. Gets to the point. I like it. Hence, Bite Sized. <laughs> I also did the art for his uh, logo thing. So, glad to see he's still using it. <laughs> but anyway... Um, I don't really have anything else I'd want to add that's not going to make this like five hours long. Pretty much. Yeah, I feel the same way. Okay, cool. Visit our T Public store. Get some we, shirts. We got stuff. Mm -hmm. We got some cool stuff on there. Um, help help us pay for the podcast. Two dollars at a time. <laughs> Maybe even 50 cents. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It's all good. Uh, contact us by sending us an email. You can at reach us at Corrupted, corrupted youth, youth pod, pod at gmail.com <laughs> Come hang out in the dongle then. See some memes. It's on Facebook. It's great. There'll be a link in the show notes. Private group. It's a private group that we let anyone into. <laughs> Pretty much. So yeah, thanks to our listeners, the dongles, and our fellow podcasters. Thank you for your support. Mm -hmm. And hang in there, dongles. Bye. I'm going to take these teenagers, I'm going to get them really wigged out on Corrupted Youth Podcast and just manipulate them to do my bidding. <laughs>